Welcome to the Cobot Show, the podcast that breaks down the barriers of industrial automation. My name is Danielle Marlette from Universal Robots, and today talking with me is Joe Campbell, industrial marketeer who has been in the industry for over 40 years. And we also have with us a guest speaker, Bob Little, CEO of ATI Industrial Automation, and he's been in the robotics industry for 35 years. So Joe, Bob, let's talk about industrial automation. Thank you so much, Danielle. Another good session today. I'm very, very pleased to have my friend Bob Little on with us. Uh, Bob, you and I go back a long ways, and uh, I think uh, it'll be a very good conversation to take a to take our observations about the industry. Um, could you actually start way back at the beginning and maybe give our listeners a quick history of ATI, kind of where the company came from and how it evolved? Hey, uh, Joe, first of all, uh, thanks for having me, and it's good to see you. Um, it has been a long time, and uh, and what I like to say is that the best of times are here now. Uh, we don't have to reminisce about the old because the good stuff is occurring right around us. And, uh, you know, ATI has been in business for 31 years. Uh, it was formed uh, by a team of engineers uh, who were dedicated to robotics, and um, over those 30 years, uh, we have engineered robotic tooling. We're well known for robotic tool changers and six axis force sensing and our new product line, uh, material removal tools. Um, the key for us over the 31 years that we've been in business is to always act like a startup. And that is don't get old, uh, get new and refreshed. And we've done that through engineering. We keep a strong, powerful engineering team who's always creating new product. And I like to say in that vein that I see that coming from Universal, Joe. Well, thank you for that. That is, uh, I think that's a good observation. Um, we're very aggressive about bringing technology to market and, and keeping it simple along the way. And I think I can definitely see from your product lines how they've morphed and evolved over the years. Uh, how big is ATI right now, Bob? Uh, we're about 330 employees. Um, we have various offices. Uh, we have a uh, headquarters in North Carolina. Um, and I can't say enough good things about uh, being in North Carolina. We do have access to three universities that surround us that allow us to develop new students, engineering students out of school. And then in addition, uh, we have an office in uh, Michigan uh, to cover our automotive sector. And uh, we have a office in Beijing and Shanghai and China uh, to cover our work in China. And then we partner through the company Shunk, which is also a very well-known company in the robotics business. And we work with them closely in Europe. Excellent. So how did you get started with UR? UR, uh, you, UR ATI is one of our uh, premier uh, UR Plus partners, um, but that relationship started before I joined the company. How did it get kicked off? You know, I was at IMTS show, I think eight years ago, and I, I was, uh, Universal had a booth, but it was not in the main hall. It was in one of those basement type halls where you don't get a lot of interest, you know. And so I went down there and I saw your company, Universal at the time, and they had about 10 robots set up, but 
just robots. Nothing else was on them. Uh, they were just robots, and they were showing people how to teach them. And so I looked at that, and I went, oh, well, but this is very interesting. And uh, they seem to be really easy to teach. And it looks like, you know, because there's no guarding, people are just grabbing hold of the robot and moving it around. It seems a lot safer. So uh, that got us really interested. And then so we started knocking on Universal's door that we'd like to participate um, and be part of that program, the Universal program, because it seemed like a very interesting uh, uh, robot platform. And uh, finally, uh, uh, Universal started the UR Plus program that allowed vendors like ATI to be more involved and produce our tooling. And so our first tool for the UR Plus program was our six-axis force sensor. And uh, then finally, we also have, uh, have come out with our with uh, our small tool changer that will also work with the robot. So it was a good start, uh, and I feel like Universal is just getting getting going here. Yeah, we do too. That's great news. So 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 we've got the six-axis force sensor. Uh, we've got this small uh, format tool changer. W what are the other UR Plus products either in the market or in the development pipeline? Uh, yes, so we we made a uh, decision uh, in 2018 um, that we needed a huge push into material removal. And by material removal, what I mean is deburring, filing, cutting, sanding, and grinding. Mm -hmm. It's it's removal of a small amount of material, typically to break an edge or to sand something down or polish something. Um, this was an enormous effort on our part, and it's still in the middle of it right now. Yeah, because then, prior to prior to that, yeah. you were I mean, you were material handling specialists. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's when I think of the company. That's kind of the image that I have. Yes, our tool changers were quite involved um, in material handling, probably the. Uh, number one application, but material removal is a. Well, <clears throat> we made a decision. That material removal was a brand new market, a market that needed to be uh, brought into because the concept of robots doing material handling is fantastic, but robots need to evolve to do more. So our decision was to make tooling that allowed robots to do that. So what do we see in the pipeline? We came out with a robotic orbital sander. And we are just in the process of releasing it as a UR application kit. Uh, and you'll see that come out here in about a month. But what's behind it is a slew of material handling tool, not, sorry, material removal tooling that's coming out as well. Oh, that's excellent. Angel. I think for the for the listeners, maybe we, we step back just a half a step and talk about the difference between uh, the UR Plus um, program components and kits. Uh, components are, you know, kind of freestanding discrete items like grippers and vision systems and, you know, robot movers and things of that nature, but they're definitely a component. Um, kits are a higher order solution that actually combine multiple pieces, including a really significant software piece to help users get closer to a final application. It's not a turnkey, but it helps move the ball mm -hmm. much further down the field. So we're excited to see you taking a look at the kit 
the UR plus kit uh, area. I think that's going to be a big win for everybody. Yeah. And Joe, could you explain also why the UR plus program is uh, unique and special to any potential customers that are looking and why does why is UR plus important? Well, I think we can, I think Bob and I could both comment on that. The whole intent of the UR plus program is to reduce the time, the cost and the risk of adding peripherals and accessories to a robot application. Um, and because basically the mechanical interface, the electrical interface and the software interface between our robot and the UR plus component is pre-engineered certified and validated by UR. Uh, so it really does uh, strip down the time and cost and risk that you see in every project, uh, regardless of how simple and straightforward. It's a big part of our push to drive the cost out uh, of robotic automation. And it's why we've been successful and really in a lot of the small and mid-sized enterprises. Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, when we came out with um, our tool changer uh, earlier for the UR plus program. It was, a, it was an eye opener because you made it clear to vendors like ATI what you expected. And you wanted the customer to open up the package for the tool changer and have everything they needed in order to get that unit working within minutes, not days, minutes. And you had what we call a turnkey approach. So if a customer, um, for example, has to bolt on the interface plate, well, give him the wrench for the bolts. Give him the bolts and the wrench. Give him what he needs. Don't let him go and look for it. So we've taken that approach very seriously uh, with Universal. It's taught us a lesson about uh, how to make things easier for customers. And uh, so we added a lot more uh, to the package than we normally would for uh, standard robot customers. Yeah, that's good. That's exactly right. So the material removal products, can you talk a little bit about the software behind that? Because I think that's a key component for that class of application. Yeah, the, the, the interesting thing about our material removal products is that we've engineered compliance into them. And what this means is, is that when We'll take the orbital sander that we're coming out with. Um, the goal is, is that you move the robot down on, you know, the, the sander down onto the material. And because there is engineered compliance in it, it means the robot sander will move a little bit. The goal then is you want to come down and push the sander down onto the part and you'll feel the compliance move. And then you teach the point at the halfway point. So you're halfway of the compliance. So you got a plus and minus. The software that we're producing is going to make it easier for customers to be able to make those teach points. And then after those teach points, they let the robot go and the compliance built into the sander will do the work um, of all the tolerance variations that come from part to part. Uh, so it'll take up the slack uh, where you have variations. Um, but the software will make it easier for, you know, the customer to program. That's excellent. Are you focused on, uh, are you focused on or limiting applications to particular materials? Are you, we, 
Are you working in uh, all manner of metals and, and um, wood and particle board and plastics, et cetera? Uh, actually, yeah, anywhere where um, media uh, such as sandpaper will work, our sander will work. That is the key. Um, now we have partnered with this sander with 3M. 3M has uh, aided us in engineering the right abrasives to work with this sander. And wherever 3M goes, we go. So if 3M abrasives in, in sanding and polishing are being used uh, in plastics, then we're, this robot application will work in plastics. Thanks to the, the, the strong assistance from 3M, uh, we've become very knowledgeable on the media side of the business. You know, I've always thought of ATI as a very consultative selling organization. I mean, I remember back when I first started working with you, the the, re the really uh, the effort was not to just sell something. The effort was to thoroughly understand the application. It had to be a lot of work to bring that knowledge uh, to your field teams. Now that you're, you know, kind of entered this new material removal world. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I can tell you, uh, Joe, it's a commitment. Yeah. Because when you develop a new product, um, it takes an enormous amount of time to get people trained in how it functions and works. Now, I will tell you, like the universal idea, the AOV, that's the name of our sander, is, is designed to be easy to use. So once you, know, you get taught, the lesson's real easy to learn. Uh, but it is a lesson. And, and, and so that's one of the messages we're trying to get out through the universal platform uh, is that we have a product. Uh, it's easy to use. It works well uh, on the universal robot and it goes with the easy to teach concept uh, that, uh, that universal has come out with. That's great. Um, you are very, very well known in the integrator channel. Are you finding a growth for the collaborative robots, particularly the UR brand? inside that channel and, and uh, do your UR Plus products support that? Well, yeah, we visit probably every day, you know, a dozen integrators. Uh, now virtually, of course, with COVID-19. Um, but the key here is that integrators are, I, I, I consider them the true heroes in all of this because they ensure that the customers get what they need. And they're the ones that aid in making sure the applications are, are done correctly. And their vast knowledge of experience is desperately needed in these times. So I was visiting an integrator uh, and uh, recently, and an interesting thing happened. You know, we were talking about material removal, um, and the integrator said, "Come over here," and they showed off a universal robot. And and this is this is only. Uh, a couple months before, you know, ago, but just before the crisis started, and they said, this is the future. That's nice to hear. This is the hear. future of robotics, okay? And so they wanted to make sure that we understood that we need to be developing tooling <laughs> for that robot. Of course, we were. But that was, was a good story. That was an take. easy story to finish right there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so we're finding that integrators have uh, bitten down on the bullet of collaborative robots. They've bitten down on the bullet of easy to use. And one of the benefits of easy to use um, is that you can get product to the market faster. 
Now, grant you, a lot of customers, because they are easy to use, are able to do it themselves. Um, that being said, uh, integrators still offer a world of service in, in assisting to make things even better. But they, the integrator, uh, can do it faster and quicker, which also means it costs less money to do. Yeah, I think the discussions that I have um, with end users, uh, as I, I try to frame the, the integrator debate uh, into a, a, a business question, right? And that is, you know, do you have the resources? Do you have the time uh, to implement automation yourself? Or if you're short on resources and short on time, and maybe you don't have the depth on your bench that you'd like, is that too much risk? And in that case, an integrator's uh, the right the right place to go for sure. Um, you know, I think we're, I think you and I've talked about this in the past. We're seeing this emergence of a of a different class of integrator in the market. Um, I coined the phrase "lean integrator." These are smaller shops that are very nimble by design. That's that's the business that they want to be in, and um, and I think they're doing fantastic things with our robots. Um, I mean, we're seeing, I mean, straightforward machine tending robots be deployed in three weeks from purchase order to startup. Uh, and that's just, that's, yeah, that's just unprecedented. And, you know, in my, in my, in my long, long career, I've just never seen anything like that. And I'm also seeing in our market, uh, these, a, a couple of integrators recently I've talked to hire robotics and Vectus mm -hmm. who are, uh, integrators that are trying to develop common cells. So uh, one of the areas that higher robotics got into last year when I was at the Fabtech show was arc welding. And they created an arc welding cell uh, that it's very easy to set up and use. They've done all the pre-engineering. So the, the idea is the customer buys the cell pre-engineered and there's some... Uh, programming that needs to be done, which higher robotics uh, can do quickly. And they got a fast setup. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a ready to use concept. Well I think I think what's interesting is you know for both of us in our, our automation careers, we typically look for the more complex projects because those are the ones that justify the the higher the higher price tags. Um, mm -hmm. I look at companies like Vectus and Hyrobotics and uh, and others like Fusion OEM, and you know they're delivering cells uh, based on UR robot in the seventy-five, eighty-five thousand dollar range, and so consequently they're attacking the simple parts. Um, mm -hmm. You know they don't want the biggest weldman in the shop; they want the little brackets that the skilled welders don't want to touch. It's not satisfying mm -hmm. for them, right? These. These guys, a good skilled welder is half an artist and they want to work on the bigger weldments. Um, and frankly, that's where the shop owner makes greater margin anyway. Um, so right. I, I do think it's an evolving business model that makes a lot of sense, particularly for the small and medium companies. Well, you know, Joe, one of the things that I've been uh, thinking about lately is I know things are slow right now, obviously with the crisis going on, but I want to say that uh, there is going to come a time in the near future where we will not have enough manpower. We will not have enough integrators. We won't have enough to 
put all the robots into place unless we make them easier to use. We have to crack, the nut we have to crack here is that automation is our future. Automation is gonna allow things like reshoring and we don't have the capacity to do it unless we simplify the task. And I absolutely agree. Yep. And that's what that's what you've been doing, and we've learned a lesson from you, and and we're doing the same. Let let's go let's go talk a little bit about about COVID nineteen. I mean, it's uh, because you you as you alluded to it, it's really had a monstrous impact on our society, uh, in our economy. Um, what kind of impact did the crisis have at ATI directly? Well, I will say this. Um, it was a shock to us. Uh, on March 13th, actually on March 12th, you know, I was not facing the crisis realistically. Um, it was a, it was raging in Europe, and I just, I, you know, but at the same time. I was saying, ah, you know, I don't know. It's not really over here. And on the, and then on my wife shared with me a video from a doctor. And they basically said, act now, act now or else. And if you act now, you will save lives. On March 13th, I asked the entire company to, um, if you can go home, go home and work from home. And then the rest of the company that where we need you to keep building product, take a six foot distance um, away from each other wow. and uh, don't interact, but get the product built, but do it as an individual. And from that, our company has been working uh, to that level and we had nobody who got the virus. Thank God. Um, and we're still keeping people safe, but at the same time, it's had a, a major shutdown in the economy for some of our customers. They're now today getting back up to speed. We're starting to see orders uh, pick back up. We do understand though, until there's a vaccine that we're gonna probably be under these safety measures. Um, but in the meantime, I think we've lear learned a lot of lessons here concerning the need for automation to help us through a crisis like this. and. Uh, I can I can tell you right now I'm very happy to be part of the robotics industry in this day and age. Well, we we are too. I, I also want to echo, um, you know, I think your actions really show your commitment to your your team, right? Your employees and and you know we uh, Universal and our parent company Teradyne actually had very similar reactions. Uh, Teradyne CEO. Uh, Mark Jagula, and on down to our CEO, Jurgen von Hollen, uh, with an immediate emphasis on protecting the human capital, the the workers in the company, and it's uh, it's paid off. Uh, we've had a couple cases, but very very minor compared to uh, to you know the possibility and the potential. Um, mm -hmm. How are how are you looking at manufacturing? Right when we finally get to whatever the new normal looks like. Um, mm -hmm. My sense is that manufacturing after COVID is going to change. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are in that area. This is just an opinion now, but my opinion is that the government will take actions to push uh, U.S. manufacturers to reshore uh, some work. As you know, um, 
there's been a lot of trouble between the U.S. Um, and China. There's tariffs involved now that make it more difficult uh, to source business out of China. This is very disruptive, and manufacturers need security. They need to know that their base is not going to one day um, be gone or going to be jacked up with some kind of tariff. So the U.S. government is doing a push to push U.S. manufacturers to reshore if possible. Uh, so I do see a reshoring effort um, from a push from the government. I have talked to manufacturers where they do not consider uh, it's safe to not build locally. Building mm -hmm. locally is safe. If you're building product for China, build the factory in China. If you're building a product for the U.S., it is safer to build it in the U.S. Now, you've got to keep cost in mind. We all know that uh, labor can be enormously expensive and prior to the crisis, difficult to get. But with robots, and especially robots that are easy to use, such as Universal's robot, um, we can automate these tasks and we can cut that cost to make it easier for U.S. manufacturers to build local. And that is a trend I see happening. Add yep. to the fact yep. that it's not safe in some industries, such as the meatpacking industry, um, to not automate. I think there's going to be a push on U.S. manufacturers to automate for two reasons. To build locally and then in addition from a perspective of safety. Yeah, we hear we hear both of those stories uh, pretty consistently. Um, we have uh, some customers, both large and small, who are completely laying out their manufacturing floor to guarantee social distancing going forward. Um, and I think you know our collaborative robots are a great a great way to Im implement that uh, because we can work side by side. We also hear the reshoring message pretty consistently, and um, and I and I think that is that is going to be a strategy. I I think the other point that I try to make is that I, you know the unemployment level today is just appalling. I pick your number; it is 25, 35 million. I'm I'm not even sure anymore. Um, but we will get back to a new normal, and as that occurs, the structural issue with manufacturing labor uh, is going to be back and it'll be back mm -hmm. as strong as ever that, that that unfortunately is not going to go away and so i think automation will definitely step in and be part of that solution absolutely bob it has been great spending a few minutes with you today i really appreciate your time um, could you give us uh, maybe a couple of closing words and some ideas on how to get a hold of ATI? Because I believe that our listeners will uh, want to reach out to the to the company and and move forward with a relationship. Well, Joe, it's been a fantastic uh, working with you, um, and I appreciate again you having me over. Um, you know, I will say that uh, ATI is committed to the easy to use concept that Universal is pushing. And you've taught us a lesson, greatly appreciated. Um, so our product is beyond just reliable. It is also being built and pushed to be easy to use. So thank you for that. Um, to get a hold of us uh, is really simple. Uh, Google, um, all you gotta do is type in a keyword like tool changer 
we're going to show up. You can just type in the word ATI and put in the product that you know that you've heard about on this podcast, such as force sensing or ATI material mm-hmm. removal or ATI sanding. Um, that'll take you to typically our website, which is uh, a you know to www.ati-ia.com. Um, but you don't have to remember that. Uh, Google will get you there. Uh, we're pretty well known on that end. Uh, also, keep an eye on the UR Plus uh, pages. Uh, we have our tool changer and force sensing there. The AOV sander is coming out. And I got nine new material removal tools behind the AOV sander that's coming your way. We we are more than excited to hear that. I think it's uh, it uh, it's going to be a lot of fun in the in the coming months and years. Uh, Bob, thanks again. You've been a great partner from the early, early, early days, and we appreciate your support. And let's uh, see what else we can do together. Um, Danielle, thank you so much for being our producer today. Um, we really uh, always appreciate your setup and and uh, behind the scenes work. Could you give our listeners uh, some direction on how to reach out to Universal? Yes, I can. First, I want to say thank you, Bob, for joining us today. And we have a lot more automation information coming your way. So if you aren't already following The Cobot Show, follow us here on Spotify. And if you're looking for your next steps in automation, visit universal-robots.com or email ur.na at universal-robots.com if you have a specific question about anything we discussed today or if you have a suggestion for a future podcast. And you can also listen to our podcast on our website, universal-robots.com slash podcast.